hardship no more struggle no more challenges no more battle because there comes a time where you need to rest from your battle and God said after today you shall rest from your battle the battle of your marriage the battle of your business the battle of your finances the battle of your sickness the battle of your shame the battle of your disgrace the battle of your setback the battle of the pains you don't want to forget God said you will rest from your battle And now, today's message with God's servant, Reverend Ismaila Awudu, head pastor ICGC Yahweh Temple, East Dagon. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for your goodness and your mercies that endures forever. We are here under your sound to hear your word, to be renewed, to be transformed, to be shaped, to be equipped in the name of Jesus. Speak to us, O God, and show yourself strong in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm speaking to you on a message I've titled Hope Against Hope. Hope Against Hope. What do we mean by the word hope? When we say hope against hope, what do we mean? What is the meaning of the word hope? The word hope means the general feeling that some desire will be fulfilled. The word hope means that there is a general feeling that there is a desire that needs to be fulfilled. In these times and this, there are a lot of people who have given up on their hope. They have given up on life. Some are about to give up, others have given up because they feel like what I'm expecting I've not received or what I pray for I've not seen it or the economy is a challenge or my marriage is a problem, my education. You have a lot of worries and a lot of troubles in and out and you are thinking about issues day in and day out and every time there is one pressure or the other. And sometimes you even feel like, is it going to be possible? Can I still believe? Can I still continue? And sometimes you get so fatigued and you even think of giving up. But there is a need for you to know that another aspect of us is to be optimistic of, of things no matter what. That no matter what challenges you face, no matter what the problem, you still believe that it's going to work out. Tell the person it's going to work out. I want you to note something, that there are two greatest obstacles for people to overcome in life. And one is failure and fatigue. Failure in the sense that you plan your life and life will not give you what you expected. Because as you move on in life, you realize that you might have your plan. Maybe I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to do that, I want to do that. It is well rehearsed. You have planned it. But along the way, as you take off, you realize that at certain point, you will hit some valley. You will hit some mountain. You will hit some rough roads. And all of a sudden, the course get twisted and things begin to fall off and sometimes it begins to fall off and become so bad that you even forget about your dreams and your focus and where you even want to get to amen if you meet anybody that has that can tell you that life has been very smooth the person is a liar a man of god once was sharing a testimony that a young pastor came out and was talking to another pastor and was saying that ever since he married he has not faced any problem in his marriage and he was bragging about this and was talking. And the old pastor, after saying it, he went to see another elderly pastor. He said, oh, I met this pastor. He said, he said, living. I just finished solving the marital problem even just yesterday. The truth is that sometimes people can paint up a nice picture for you to feel that everything is all right with them. Because that is the attitude of humanity. But behind the makeup, behind the dress, behind everything is a pain that you cannot share. I just want you to know that sometimes you go through things. Life will not offer you everything smoothly. 
That is why you need to keep your hope alive. Tell the person, keep hope alive. The only thing that you can lose is to let your hope go. When you let your hope go, the day your hope leaves you, that is the end of your, your life. Amen. So when you look at Hebrews chapter 11, give me Hebrews chapter 11 from verse 1 to 5. Let me share something briefly there. When you look at Hebrews chapter 11, it said, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the substance of things we hope for. And what I hope for is in the future. It's not in the now. We live in three realms. The realm of our yesterday, the realm of our today, and the realm of our tomorrow. The realm of our yesterday is already gone. And those are the things we have already encountered. Whether we made a mistake or whether we didn't make a mistake, it's gone. You cannot live on spilled milk because they are your past. When you have an egg and it got broken, it's broken. It's there. You cannot collect it from the, uh, what do you call it, from the dust. You just have to gather yourself and move on. And that is your past. So whatever you missed out in your past, you just have your today to take advantage of that past, to work on yourself for the future. Are you understanding me? And then you have your future, which is yet to come. And he said that the faith we have is a substance of the things we offer. In other words, our faith is tangible. Our faith is a reality. You can handle it, but it cannot be achieved if you don't have hope. You don't have a desire. So faith is a desire of some things you are hoping for. It's a substance. It's a reality. You can handle it, but it happens for you only when you have a desire, only when you have an expectation. Are you there with me? So faith is sometimes of things so for the evidence of things not seen. So Bible says that we don't walk by sight, but we walk by what? Faith. So it is not what you see, because anything you see does not, will not communicate well to you. What we see, what we hear, communicates to us. But sometimes what you see can put fear into your life. What you see can sometimes tell you it's not going to be possible. It will discourage you. But irrespective of what you see or what you hear, faith or hope is telling you that you have to look beyond it. So Jesus could look at the storms and say, hey, peace be still. He saw peace in the storm. The disciples saw the storm. Jesus saw peace in the storm. Amen. So it is about what you see. That is what makes the difference. But in hope, you see beyond the situation. It might be bad, but you will see possibility. So you need to keep your faith alive. You will get, you will feel like you will get tired, maybe about issues, about problems, you get worn out and all those things. You want to give up. Don't give up. Just hold on to it. Because one day, something will happen in your life. One great person said, he said, in three words, I can sum up everything I've learned about life. In three words. I can sum up everything that I have learned about life. It goes on. In three things, I can sum up everything I know about life. And these three words are, it goes on. Tell somebody, life goes on. <laughs> Tell a person, life goes on. You see, when you fall and decide to remain there, life will not wait for you. <laughs> when, when you sit and complain, life will not wait for you because you were complaining. When you decide to give up and commit suicide, life will not wait for you. When you decide to lament and mama, life goes on. It will not wait for you. So why don't you go along with life, irrespective of the challenges you think you are facing, and see what life will offer you at the end of the day. 
Because the same life that brought you the pain can the same life bring you joy. So all that you need is that life goes on. And this was said by Robert Frost. So you need to know that life goes on. Tell the person life goes on. Tell the person life goes on. I have never heard or known that the day that somebody died, life stopped. Life goes on. So once life goes on, today might be bad, but tomorrow will be better. That is why God even gave us a sign. He said that in Genesis, he said he created the moon and the stars for signs and for seasons. Why signs and seasons? Because right now you are in your day. Somebody is in his night. Are you there with me sleeping? But by the time you go to sleep, they are awake. So they have another opportunity. So that is a weeping may endure in the night by joy comes in the morning it takes only hope for me to hope again that irrespective of what i'm going through right now in my night there is a morning for me that when the morning comes you will see that my life has not come to an end so you may rejoice over me right now in a situation but i have a hope tomorrow to be able to make the best out of it tell somebody keep your hope alive tell the person keep your hope alive a japanese proverb said four seven times but stand up on the eighth time. Four, seven times, but on the eighth, stand up. In other words, falling is inevitable. You see, you don't need to be too careful about life. Because when you become too careful about life, you cannot do anything. Because life is about adventure. If you are too careful, you fail even more. Are you understanding me? But failure is not a permanent thing. It's a transition. So when you fail, see it as a transition. So David said, yeah, though I am walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why? Because David had a hope that once he's going through the valley, there is a mountaintop experience because life is about a valley, it's about a mountain, it's about a valley, it's about a mountain. So when I enter into a valley, there's a surety that tomorrow I'll have a mountain encounter. All that I'm waiting for is for my mountain to come for me to encounter. You don't live in your valley because there is a mountain. Ladies and gentlemen, rewrite your life and rewrite your history because history gives you hope for your tomorrow. So let your hope stay alive. You fall and so what? You messed up and so what? Things went bad and so what? You can make amends. You can turn it around. You see, age is not a factor. Neither is age a limit for you to turn around situation. I was in a master's class with an old, when I was doing my degree course, I was in a degree class with a man who is almost around his 60s. And he's doing his degree. So don't give me that excuse and tell me I am old now, my time is past. There is nothing like your time is past. Until you enter into the grave, there is hope for you to turn things around. The barrier of your life of succeeding is not God, it's you. It's you. Hagar and Ishmael by Abraham. Abraham took away everything. He couldn't give them because of the jealousy of Sarah. And they sent them out. And without, they gave them only bread and water. Hagar was crying that the child will die because she doesn't have water to take care. The food is gone and everything. In the place of tears, in the place of giving up, that was where salvation is. Sometimes you are too closer to your miracle than for you to give up. You are too closer to your miracle than for you to abandon your dreams. You are too closer to your miracle than for you to say that I cannot do it again. If only you can press a little, you can hit the mark and you can get what you are looking for. Keep your hope alive. Don't let situations deter you from pursuing your dreams. Don't let situations deter you from moving on to your next level. Do you know how many times I bet Einstein failed? So many times. But he still persisted. 
And at the last time, he broke through with his invention. Everybody has gone through something before. There is no great man without a story. Every great person has a story. Success is not cheap. It comes with a price. And if you are not ready to pay the price, you cannot be there. So, you are not the first person. Just know that God is taking you through it for a reason and for a purpose. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Let me show you something quickly. And I will come to show you a man who has to go through this thing. Romans 5 said, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we are justified by what? We are justified by what? To be justified. We are justified by faith. Said, Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. So when I am justified by faith, and faith is the substance that I am what? Hoping for. So I don't live life emptiness. I live life with an expectation. Tell somebody, live life with an expectation. Amen. He said, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And he went on in verse 2 to say, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope. So if I have to rejoice, I have to rejoice in hope. And what is hope? Hope is the thing I am now expecting. I have not yet seen it, but I am rejoicing in it. I am rejoicing in the marriage. I am rejoicing in the childbearing. I am rejoicing in the financial blessing. I am rejoicing in building my house. I am rejoicing in traveling. I am rejoicing in my healing. I am rejoicing in my breakthrough. I have not yet seen it, but I am rejoicing that I've already received it and so that keeps my faith alive I don't wait for it to happen before I rejoice we rejoice in hope because we believe it's going to be possible do you know when no do you know how no but one thing I know is that God will do it so through we are also have access by faith to his grace in which we start and rejoice in hope of the glory of God and verse 3 says they said and not only that but we also glory in tribulations. We glory in what? Tribulations. In other words, what will make me to endure pain and affliction is not because I'm a superman. What makes one to endure pain and affliction is not because the person is above, is not a normal human being. But what will make somebody to endure affliction and pain is because the person has an expectation of a tomorrow which is better than his today. So once he's going through the pain and he's going through the affliction, he's going through the insult, he's going through the misery, he's going through the attacks, he's going through the frustration, he has an expectation that tomorrow something better will come out of what he's going through. If you don't have that expectation, she will give up. And he said, we'll rejoice with glory in tribulations. Knowing is a knowing. Tell someone it's a knowing. The knowing is your ability to know, understand. To have an information. Are you there with me? Said so knowing that tribulation. I am going through that tribulation. Because there is a knowing I have. So I can endure that tribulation. You cannot endure pain. When you don't know the blessing that will come out of pain. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Did not go into the fire. If they don't have a hope of a fourth man to redeem them. Though God has not told them, but he said, even if our God has not redeemed us, we will not buy because they know that there is a hope of something for them that even if they should die, they have a heaven to go. You see, it is the hope you have that gives you the strength to serve God. It is the hope you have that will give you the strength to press on irrespective of what you go through in life. To still say, I am a believer and keep your head above water. 
It is the hope you have that will want to make you that even in terms of you don't have money and you don't have anything and others are cheating to get it and you are living right, you still keep going, they will sort you to be a fool and you don't mind that you are so, they are saying you are a fool because the reason is that you know that she will not forever be in this situation. So, we also glory in tribulation knowing that tribulation produces what? Perseverance. As I, I, I rejoice in the tribulation and I have hope. I can persevere. I will endure what I am going to because I know what I'm enduring is for a moment. It's not everlasting. It's not permanent. And he went on to say, he said, and perseverance produces character. When I am able to endure the tribulations and persist, I will build a certain character in my life. And that character is the character to withstand every challenge and be able to forge ahead irrespective of what faces me. Because if I keep my face like a flint, it doesn't matter what comes against my life. I will scale through, I will run through my tubes and leap over every wall. So every time I have hope that no matter what comes against me, I will overcome come because why i have overcome before and i will overcome again because bible says we are more than conquerors and that is it if you have gone through something and god picks you out of it you have hope again that tomorrow when you are in something god will still do it what is your reference point say it produces what character the the attitude to be persistent, the attitude to be steadfast, the attitude to endure is produced out of the tribulation you went through. And he said that, and character, hope, and verse 5 says that, now hope, now, is a word of moment, a word in time, now, not the future, not tomorrow, not yesterday, but now, say now, say now, he said, now hope does not disappoint. Hope does not what? Hope does not what? So if I am hoping for something that I have not yet seen, and you are laughing at me, I want you to know that my hope will speak at the end of the day. I don't know who I am prophesying to. Say so your hope will speak at the end of the day, because that hope will not be disappointed. It will not be that because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So tell somebody anything you are hoping for, you will surely actualize it. Because hope will never fail and hope will never disappoint. Faith goes with hope. You can never have faith and let's say you don't have hope. It cannot be possible. It can be possible. It can be possible. One philosopher says that if you have made mistakes, even serious ones, there is always another chance for you. What we call failure is not the falling down, but the staying down. What you call failure is not because you fall, but you remaining in that place. So Bible said the writer shall fall seven times, but seven times he will rise again. There is a power of you bouncing back to become what God wants you to be. So keep your hope alive. Let's look at Romans chapter 4, verse number 13 to 25. About the man I want to speak in depth with concerning this hope. The man who kept his hope and kept his head high. Talking about Abraham. He had a promise with God in Genesis chapter 12. God told him that I'm sending you to a land and I'll make your descendants prosper. You'll be a blessing to many nations and everything out of you. A seed shall be born, a child shall be born, who shall be a blessing. Fantastic promises. I mean, 
overwhelming promises that came to him. But the man have to wait for 25 years. How many of you can wait for 25 years on your promise? Today we are living in a time where people are not patient. We are fixing, we are quick fixing issues. I wait for God to attend. God is not coming. Let me find my own way. And then I can polish it and say it is a miracle. Hello, are you there with me? I don't care snatching somebody's husband and converting the man and marrying the man. And say God has given me a husband. I don't care telling a lie to get what I am looking for. Because I cannot endure it. So many things are going on. You are believers who are in church, but they still consult shrines and malams and take talismans and do rituals. And yet they are believers. They don't believe that God can take care of them and protect them. Hello, are you there with me? And, and that is the time we are living. We are living in seasons and times where people cannot endure faith again. Believers don't want to go through anything. They don't want to face any challenge. They want a quick fix solution. Do it and let's go. Right now, I want to see it happen. But listen to me. Anything you get it quick fix does not live long. But God is a father who builds you through endurance and builds you through persistence and builds you through the things you go through so that when you get a blessing, you can handle it and handle it well. And that is how God works. He doesn't just give things out. He builds character out of you for you to receive it. When you receive it, you will cherish it. Anything you get it easy, you mess it up. Anything you pay for it, you preserve it. He said for the promise, he said, Abraham, I want to make you a father of many nations, but I will take you through the process. I will not shorten it. 25 years. In the same way concerning the life of Joseph. Joseph at the age of 17 years. Fantastic dream. Genesis chapter 37. He saw the moon, the stars, chefs, and everything bowing down to him, which is excellent dream. If you had that dream, you would go to sleep. But the dream that gives a promising future. But he didn't enter into it instantly. He has to pay a price. He waited for 23 solid years at the age of 40 years before he ascended to the fulfillment of that dream. Can you wait? Can you wait? Jesus had an assignment of three years. He has to wait for 30 years in preparation. How can he endure? Can you wait? David was anointed at the age of 70 years, first is Goliath, kill his Goliath. He has a dream. He was living in the palace. He knew he was a king. But he has to wait for 23 years before he became a king first over Judah. 23 years of waiting. And in the period of the waiting, he went through so many years. Moses was born. He lived in Egypt, raised in the palace, learned all the skills and, the, and everything of Egypt for 80 solid years. 40 solid years was there. He moved back again, went and served Jethro and came back 80 years at the age of 80. He was in Egypt to bring Israel out. In the wilderness, he spent 40 years and yet he didn't get to the promised land. Can you wait? Ask somebody, can you wait? The house is quiet. Hope! Tell somebody, keep your hope alive. That person, keep your hope alive. He said, for the promise that it will be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed. Through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. It came by the righteousness of faith. 
And he went on to say in verse 40, he said, For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise made of no effect. And he says this. You see, laws are regulations. Laws are do's and don'ts. And he said that if the promise is by do's and don'ts, then faith is not needed. If the promise is by what I will do to get what I will, then it is not necessary. But it is not by do's and don'ts. It is not by regulations. It is not by rituals. Because ritualistic does not make us holy. But it is a faith in belief that justifies us. And so for if those who are of the law are hers, faith is made void and the promise made of no effect. And he went on to say in the verse 50, he said, because the law brings about wrath. For where there is no law, there is no transgression. Because if there's no law, there is nothing to say that you have wronged the law. There's no transgression. And the verse 60 says, he said, therefore it is of faith. That's a person, it is of faith. He said, it is of faith that it might be according to grace. So that the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. In other words, this promise of the hair, which is Christ Jesus, is not only for Abraham. That is why Isaac came. But the future is that God has created a level playing field that both the Jew and the Gentile can all have access into this salvation one day. But a man needs to pay the price of waiting for 25 years for it to be fulfilled. God wants something good to come out of your life but can you wait to get prepared to receive it one day I was contemplating and asking the Lord about issues of ministry he said listen I don't call congregation I said what do you mean by that he said I have never called a congregation but I always call a man and build congregation around the man And I said, explain to me. He said, I call Abraham alone and I bless him. And I call Sarah alone and I bless him. And out of them, the whole nation were blessed. You don't have a family. You are one before you had a family. Because God works with the principle of seeds and not fruits. So every human, when he created Adam, is a seed. He planted it and out of him came the fruits which is us. And we also produce seeds. And then we also go ahead. So you marry and you are giving birth. So they are seeds. God never created companies and concepts. He created human beings who created the concept and the companies. So anytime God wants to birth something which is the fruit, he looks for a seed and works through the seed for the fruit to come. He saw that once upon a time we might not need to walk, we need to use cars. So he found people and as, as the seed and planted the idea. An idea is a seed and the seed of manufacturing a car came into them and then they manufactured a car and started trying the Ford and all those people and today we have cars, we are driving. He put a seed of an idea of how to do an uh, 
what do you call it? manufacture an aeroplane and today we have aeroplanes flying us to wherever we are going he planted a seed into us that one day we might need computers planted it into the head as an idea and people birthed that seed into a fruit into a computer into whatever he planted a seed of social networking and then somebody gave birth to it he planted a seed of banking and somebody risked into that area and begin to turn it out and become a fruit and now we are bankers and all those things are going on he always will plant a seed and out of that seed the reality shall be seen God never called ICGC Yahweh Temple he called Reverend Ismaila part of obedience ICGC Yahweh Temple King so Paul said that you are my children that I have given birth to by the gospel So that is the secret you should know. So God works by the seed process. So he said, I need a hair. And that hair will redeem the whole nation. Or the whole world. But for me to be able to get it done, which is Jesus, I need a man. And that man is Abraham. And I put a seed in him that he should carry the seed and fulfill it. But before that seed can come to pass, Abraham needs to endure a certain period of waiting. A seed. A seed. A seed. A seed. So it might be according to God so that the promise might be sure to others, not only to those who are of the Lord, but also to those who are the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us. In other words, your seed will always produce fruit that will benefit others. And verse number 17, he said, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. I have made you. I have made you. It is conclusive. So the promise is a conclusive promise. In other words, God finishes with you before he begins with you. Oh, come on, don't, don't, don't be dull on me today. I said God finishes with you before he begins with you. So God declares your future before he comes to pick you to show you your future. He doesn't get surprised by what happens to you on the way. Because he has already been there and he has come. Do you know that our life has already been acted out? So the movie you watch and you are troubled, the editor and the producers and the actors in the movie have already seen the end of the movie already. So you can be apprehensive but they are not apprehensive because they know the man will not die. No matter how they will beat him and he will be bleeding to death he will get up again and he will fight back and overcome. But you thought that is going to be the end of the man because you have not yet seen the end. But I am here to know that our God has already seen the end of our life and is not troubled by what we go through. That is why he always agrees and says that we should run and we should not give up and we should persist because he knows the end is there awaiting us. He has declared our end from our beginning is the author and the finisher of our faith he is the alpha and the omega that is why you make a mistake when you look at your life now you go and take if you don't get what i'm saying go and take your old pictures check yourself and take your current picture and compare and you will know god is lovely and that image representation alone should tell you that if you make a mistake today by what you are going through and think there is no a better day for you, you will regret it in your grave because every day gets better than the worst situation you are seeing. Ghana will get better. Africa will get better. Our marriage will get better. Our economy will get better. Things will get better. Listen, 
are you understanding me? Maybe you have not been a Ghanaian before, but it has been worse before, even before this time. But the Lord made it better. If I didn't see anything at all, I saw some in the 70s, I saw some in the 80s. I saw it with my physical eyes where you have to queue. You have to go and take stones and queue because you are looking for kenke. We don't want them to boil it. You just take the kenke the way it is. Even you will not get it. I saw it. I saw it. I saw it where we have to take chaff. Porridge chaff. You, you sieve it and take the chaff and mix it with And then you prepare it and you eat. I saw people eating white cassava and they died. My mom's old friend and his, 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 his daughter's son, they died because they ate white cassava. I have seen worse things. What is it that has not come? Some of you, you were just born recently. The city has gone bad more than before. Don't let the politicians fool us. The most important is that God is the one that sits us on the throne. And he decides times and seasons. And he knows where to push it and where to bring it and where to take it. I am not bound by any politician. I am bound by the economy of heaven. And I know my God will make the economy better. He will make it better. You watch what I am telling you. And mark my words from today. The city will become stronger than any currency in this world. It is not about who is in power. It's about what God has said he's going to do. very much for listening. This is a message from ICGC Yahweh Temple East Egon. We know you've been blessed by God's word. For more quality and practical teachings of Reverend Ismaila Abudu, visit us online at www.icgceastagon.com or email to yawatempleicgc at gmail.com or call us on 057-2260-434 or 057-2260-435 You can also worship with us on Sundays from 7am to 10am on Tuesdays at 6.30pm to 8.30pm for our empowerment teaching service and Fridays at 7pm to 10pm for our breakthrough prayer service You can also connect with us on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. God bless you. My Lord with you. I know.